you're here with us. Uh, if we haven't met before, my name's Nick, and it is uh, just a, a privilege, honor to be here with you this morning. And uh, this morning we get to wrap up our series called With, uh, as we've been looking at the book With by Sky Jathani, and really excited about that. So if you would pray with me, and we'll jump on into that. Jesus, again, we thank you so much that you are uh, with us, that you are, uh, that you are here. And Lord, um, as we just sang that last song, Lord, I need you, I need you. God, you are the source of life. You are, you are everything. And God, I, I just, God, I'm sorry for the times when, when I think that I'm enough, that I think that the things around me are enough and that I don't need you. And Lord, would you just shape our hearts and mold our hearts into ones that long after you. And God, thank you for uh, your presence with us and the fact that you are not far off. Uh, thank you for these things in your name. Amen. So in September 2008, uh, if you can think back and try to remember where you may have been in September of 2008, I know for me, I was in uh, uh, college. It was my uh, Actually, no, I just graduated college, and uh, I was enjoying my first year post-college. I had just gotten married a couple months before, uh, living in Portland. Well, there was a, a lady who uh, lived in Tijuana, Mexico, and on this evening in September 2008, when she got back to where she lived, uh, it was utter chaos. When she showed up, it was just like everything had, had gone south since she, since she had left. Um, the place that she lived was, was this place called La Mesa Prison in Tijuana, Mexico, and, and this woman, her name was Mother Antonia, and, and her ministry, she actually lived in the prison with the prisoners and ministered to these people. And when she had left, this riot had broken out. And when she got back, there were fires that had been set. There were gunshots ringing out everywhere. And the military had actually come around to try to put the riot down. They had called in the military because it had gotten so bad. And this lady who, at the time... Um, was in her early 80s. She was about 82 years old. She walks up, and she walks up to the guards, and she says, listen, you need to let me in there. I can bring this to an end. And they're like, it's too dangerous. Like, where, are, you, are you kidding me? They're, it's on fire? There's gunshots? These people are crazy? I mean, it's a bunch of convicted murderers, rapists, like everything else, the worst of the worst in this prison. She's like, those are my sons and daughters in there. If you let me go in there, I'll talk to them and I'll pray with them and I'll help them see that this is not the way. And Mother Antonia, they finally relented. Apparently, her power of persuasion was pretty strong. They finally relented. They let her go into the prison and she went in and she makes contact with uh, one of the leaders in the prison, of the prisoners, and she says, I, I just need you to stop. I need you to lay down the guns. I need you to, and he looked at her and he said, Mother, we already laid our guns down. As soon as we saw that you were here, we laid them down. And this woman, this small woman, had that much power in this place. This, this little old woman in this picture who had grown up, she was born in the 1920s. Her parents lived in Beverly Hills in Southern California. 
She grew up with movie stars as neighbors. She, she lived the life of a socialite and all this other stuff, raised seven children. And then she, she, she heard Jesus calling her to go with him to Mexico, into Tijuana, into this prison. And she followed. And it's interesting, when they, when they told her, are, are you crazy? You want to go in where? She looked at them and said, listen, I'm not afraid because perfect love casts out fear. She quoted 1 John 4 and said, perfect love casts out fear. This week, as we wrap up our series, as we go finish up this, this whole series, nine weeks of, of looking at this book called With, and looking at what the, what the foundational part of what it looks like to live with God is all about, it all centers on exactly what she just said. It all centers on, 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 on our, our decision, our response to the love of Jesus in our lives, and our ongoing daily decision of, do we want to live in fear, or do we want to live in love? And this woman chose to live in love, and had just this tremendous, incredible impact. And as we wrap up here, this week is called Life with Love. The last few weeks, we've looked at life with God, life with faith, life with hope, and life with love is this week. And the reality is, is that when it comes to our faith, when it comes to following Jesus, is this, is that it starts, everything starts and ends with love. It all starts and ends with love. At the very beginning, there was love. We had this relationship between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This outward-focused, loving relationship. The Father delighting in the Son. The Son delighting in the Father. Their love moving towards each other, communicated by the Holy Spirit. We see the overflow of that, the outpouring of that, that happens in creation. The spreading goodness of God. The spreading of His love into the world. We see the Holy Spirit coming and enlivening humanity, bringing life into Adam and Eve. And, and we see, we see the, this beautiful relationship that existed in the garden as Adam and Eve walked with God, as they walked with Jesus and talked to him face to face in this garden. And, and, and he called them to, to go to rule and subdue over the earth and to fill it, to multiply and fill the earth. He gave them these things that, that he was calling them to partner with him in doing. But the key was that they were supposed to do it with him. And as we've gone through the series, we've seen from the beginning where, where Adam and Eve turned towards themselves. And we've seen where, where, where in Genesis chapter 3, they were tempted and, and then their hearts turned in towards themselves. And they decided, you know what? I want to put myself in the place of God. I want to call the shots. I want to be the one who's making the decisions. I want to determine right and wrong. I want to run my life. And in that moment, everything changed. In that moment, everything changed. The entire world fell under the curse of sin. The curse of self-love. The curse of selfishness. And Adam and Eve immediately, it's really interesting, because immediately they actually covered themselves up and hid themselves from one another. Then they went and hid themselves physically from God. It's this interesting response that they've been interacting with Jesus. They had had this love poured into them by the Holy Spirit. 
and that they were now hiding from God. But it all began with love. The amazing thing is this next week, we're going to be celebrating our Christmas in July, which is going to be awesome. I thought it was pretty fitting that Teresa wore that Grinch outfit, and I was telling her son's back there working the computer. I was telling him, hey, man, your mom missed an opportunity there. She should have been like, hey, I stole, sorry that I stole Christmas, but uh, next week you can come and celebrate again. Um, but here's the deal is like next week we get to celebrate God with us. We, we get to celebrate the restoration of what was lost in Eden. We get to celebrate Jesus coming and walking in our midst, putting his arm around us and walking with us and being with us. That's what we get to celebrate. That's why I'm so excited about that. But it all starts with love, is that Jesus is the, the manifestation. He is the, the physical appearance of the love of God towards us. He is love. And when we see the love that he has for us, that he was willing to come and, and kneel down and, and do things like washing his disciples' feet, do things like laying himself down and going to the cross, giving up his life for us, willingly, that he went and willingly laid himself down for us. When we see that kind of love that he has for us, our response in our heart changes everything. When we see that love, when we experience and encounter that love, he invites us to believe in him, to place our faith, our trust in him. And as we talked about life with faith, Faith is that response to the love that we've seen in Jesus Christ, and it's us entrusting our lives to him in the one who loves us. It means us entrusting our lives to the one who has laid himself down for us. And Jesus is that one, and he is good. And last week we talked about hope. And when we've experienced this love and we've entrusted ourselves to this person who loves us so much, the one who loves us so much and who is good, we hope to be with them. Everything in us longs to be with them. And we look towards the future. We look towards eternity when we'll get to spend eternity with Jesus. Yeah, but we also look to the here and now where Jesus enters into our world, Emmanuel, God with us, and walks with us through the brokenness and the hurt and the pain and everything else. And Mother Antonia, this woman, the amazing thing is she was Jesus to these people. She allowed the love of Christ to pour out through her and overflow into their lives. Just as the love of God overflowed into creation and the love of Jesus overflowed into redemption and him coming and laying himself down on the cross, as she was in communion with God, and as she spent time with God and he filled her up with his love, that love just overflowed into the lives of all these prisoners. I was watching this documentary about her and it says that when people would come into the prison, it's crazy, she would be there when they would come in. And apparently every person that came into the prison would have to come out into the middle of the yard and they would have to, they would have to yell out their name, their crimes, and any aliases they had. And if they didn't do it sufficiently, there would be lines of guards that would be lined up, two lines of guards, and they would have to walk through the lines of guards, and they would basically be beat, beaten on their way through the lines of guards. And when she saw that, she would go and stand with them and, 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 and make sure that that 
wasn't going to happen. That they were there to pay the price, but that they weren't going to pay extra, <laughs> that, that was just a little bit over the top. And her love just poured out into these people's lives. Every day, she actually, like I said, lived in the prison. She had a spot in there where she slept. It's like, man, how do you get to the point where that's the reality? You know, here at Cold Springs Church, we talk about this idea of living and leading out of the overflow of a Jesus-trusting life. And here's the thing, is that we, we find these things. We, find, we, we experience the love of Christ our hearts respond in faith. We entrust ourselves to him. Our hope is in being with him, which he is with us here and now, and he's going to be with us for eternity. So our hope is secure. But it comes back around full circle, and love is the beginning and at the end of it. Because at the end of that, as we, as we are with Jesus, his love fills us up and overflows from our lives into the lives of the people around us. Jesus talks about it in John chapter 7. Uh, John chapter 7, verses uh, 37 through 39. It says this. He says, says, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out. And here's what he said. He said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. He said, if anyone thirsts, if anyone thirsts, have you ever felt, have you ever felt like you were thirsty? Have you ever felt like you were thirsting for something and you couldn't find anything to satisfy that thing? Do you ever feel like you're going day by day and you're, you're, you're doing this thing and you're, you're living your life and, 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 and you're, however it is, but it, it's just, that thing that, that, that's promised to fill you up is just coming up short. What Jesus is saying is, look, if you come to me, I will fill you up so much that there will be rivers of living water flowing out of you. It'll be this overflow of love. It'll be this overflow of life coming from you. And the reason for that is because he's the source and he is eternal and he is infinite. So if Jesus promises us this beautiful life, he promises us this fullness that just overflows, how come we're not, how come so often we don't experience that? How come, how come so often we fall short of experiencing that feeling of just living water pouring out of us? What gets in the way of us having that as our day-to-day -day experience? Well, I think number one is this, is man, we don't believe it. We just straight up don't believe it. And for whatever reason, like we, we don't believe that Jesus actually is who he says he was, is maybe reason number one. We don't believe in his effectiveness and his ability to actually transform our lives, to fill our hearts with his love, to fill us up. We don't, we don't actually believe it. We think that the, we, we see the things around us in the world. We see stuff, we see status, we see security, we see all these things. And we think that pursuing after those things are going to fill us up and make us feel full. Because we don't actually believe that Jesus can do what he says he's going to do. And so we pursue after those things, we put those things on the throne in our hearts. 
and we chase them down. And if we happen to grasp onto them, we realize that it was an apparition. And as we get up to it, our arms close and there's nothing there. And we're still left empty. Sooner or later, whatever that thing is, leaves us feeling empty and wanting more. And we're not experiencing that overflow because we don't believe in who Jesus is and what he says he can do. We don't believe in his goodness towards us. We don't believe that he is actually the one who is good. We don't believe that, that, that he has our best at heart. And so we don't actually trust him with our lives. We continue to pursue after the things that we want. Second challenge, the first one was, man, we don't believe it. The second one is that even if we do believe it, if we, if we say, okay, yes, I believe that Jesus is the source of life, that he is the source of love, that he's the source of joy. Even if we do say that, sometimes, a lot of times, I think, we don't prioritize it. We don't prioritize actually being with Jesus. If we look at Jesus' life as he related with the Father, it's so clear in the Gospels, he was constantly withdrawing to spend time in prayer and alone with the Father. He was constantly going back to spend time alone, to reconnect with the Father. And so often the first thing when our schedules get busy, when things start to get hectic, we squeeze out that time with Jesus. Because we don't actually prioritize it at the top of our list, at the, highest, at the highest level of priority in our lives. And what that reveals to us is that, man, I don't know, like, we have to ask ourselves, do I really believe that he's going to do what he says he's going to do at that point? You know, there is, um, in, in the book with, by Sky Jathani, he was talking about how <laughs> abundant life, the, the, a garden is just such a beautiful picture of, an, of abundant life. And um, I, I would say sometimes a garden is a, a, a beautiful picture of abundant life, right? I'm not a great gardener. So any garden that I run is um, probably not going to be a beautiful picture of an abundant life. Because <laughs> um, I'll forget to water things. I'll forget to go and, and do the weeding on a daily basis, on a regular basis. I'll forget to go and do all the little things that it takes to help the garden be abundant and overflowing. And the problem is, is that when, when we don't do that, when, when we're not consistent, when I'm not consistent with that, things start to die. Things start to wither. Things start to look parched. The fruit is not as good. It's coming out of the garden. The vegetables are not as vibrant. They're not as flavorful as they could be. And man, how often do we treat our life with Jesus that way? Where we neglect to spend time with him, we neglect to invest in our relationship with him, and we look around and we're like, man, I'm parched. And, and, and now all of a sudden we're living in this, this danger and fear and control cycle that we've been talking about for the past several months, and we're trying to manipulate the things around us to our advantage. When Jesus is inviting us to live in this relationship of love and peace and security, 
that he's inviting us to live in this place where our underlying motivation, our underlying foundation of our lives is love. The love that he's poured into our lives, our response of faith to him, the hope of being with him and his love overflowing from us is our foundation. That that only happens when we prioritize our time with him. I think a third thing that keeps us from experiencing this abundant life, this overflow, the third thing is that when we, get, when we mess up, we give up. When we mess up, we're, we're tempted to give up. Just like Adam and Eve, when, when they messed up, when, when they turned away from God, that they covered themselves and they hid themselves from God. And there's all different kinds of ways that we do that that we cover ourselves and we hide ourselves from God. We cover ourselves and hide ourselves from the life-giving relationships that he's put into our lives from one another. Because we feel like we're a failure. We feel like we've messed up. We feel like we're not good enough. We feel like we've, we've, we've failed. And Jesus is just there. He's saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He invites us to come and to walk with him and to be with him. But we allow shame and fear and anger to push us away from him and from one another and into this life of fear. We're afraid of what they're going to think of us. We're afraid of what, how they're going to respond. And so we hide instead of embracing one another and living in love that Jesus invites us to live in. I think the last thing, one of the last things that keeps us from experiencing this overflowing life is that we're jaded by our experiences of selfish love. When we look around and we, we, we think about the ways that we've experienced love from the people around us, is that there's always some kind of catch. We're like, okay, yeah, so Jesus loves me, and it's, it's, it's this unreserved, just outward-focused love, but, but there's got to be a catch, right? Like, what's... What, what's the thing? What's, what does he want from me? And we're always like, yeah, but what? And it keeps us from, from fully entrusting ourselves to him because we're jaded by our experiences of this selfish love that surrounds us in our lives, of people trying to manipulate us into doing what they want, what's going to be best for them. We're like, okay, so I'm going to follow Jesus What's he going to try to manipulate me into? Where is he trying to get me to go? And all these things, they push us away from the one who is love. From the one who revealed his love to us by his son coming and laying himself down for us. They push us away from the one who is the source of love, who is the source of life the one who is infinite. And it leaves us parched. And it leaves us empty. And it leaves us living our lives in fear instead of living our lives in love. Uh, Ben's going to come up and and share a song that he wrote that kind of talks about a relationship with God. But before, as he's coming up here, I'm just going to read this quote from Henry Nouwen. And Henry Nouwen, 
was this guy who gave his life to serving kind of the least of these and was a prolific author and just lived with God in community with other people and had some profound, um, just amazing uh, insights into that that he shared in his writing. He said this, he said, why is it so important you are with God and God alone? It's important because it's the place in which you can listen to the voice of the one who calls you the beloved. To pray is to listen to the one who calls you my beloved daughter, my beloved son, my beloved child. To pray is to let that voice speak to the center of your being, to your guts, and to let that voice resound in your entire being. Let's go ahead and, and listen in as Ben shares with us. Well, I wrote this song because, much like Nick was saying, we are all children of God. And I think I wrote it mostly as a reminder to myself, but I hope it encourages you all as well that, that you are welcome here and that you are never, never alone. You're enough. You are more than what they say. Promise you, if you just hold on, you'll see brighter days. I know. Cause I've been there before. I've kicked and I've screamed, I've torn down my house, I've locked. Every single door this world It can be so cruel But there's people out there who are good and true Who just want to sit with you to be still Say how beautiful you are sorrow and shame you have a good good heart you have a good good heart my heart my love has come so far I've been scared hiding in the dark Never alone, you 
I think so often we, we get ourselves into those places where those things have pushed us away from Jesus, where that shame and that fear and that anger have just, just layered over our lives. And they've created this barrier. And, and we start to think there's no way that God could think that God could love me when I've done this, when I've done that. And I love that song because it just, it's this, this cry from God saying, I, I, I'm here with you. Don't be afraid. Come and be with me. You know, Henry Nouwen, in that quote I read just before the song, said, listen, the, the important thing about prayer is that it's what voices that we're listening to. There's a lot of voices that this world shouts at us, and they have everything to do with things like our possessions, how we look, what our status is, all these different things that are external. And the voice that Jesus invites us to listen to, the voice that Jesus invites us into to hear is his voice. The one that looks you in the eyes and says, I love you. I've made you. You are my precious son. You are my precious daughter. You've been made in my image for a reason, for a purpose. And I want to be with you. That's the invitation that Jesus extends to us. That's what Jesus is inviting us into. In Romans chapter 5, the Apostle Paul talks about what it looks like that when, when, when we say yes to Jesus, when we respond to his love with faith. He says this, he says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace, this gift, in which we stand and we rejoice. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The thing that Jesus is inviting us into is communion with him, is that he gives us his spirit, his life-giving spirit that he's poured out into our hearts when we respond to his love for us with faith. And that that faith that we have, that we respond as we entrust our lives to him, and that hope that fills our hearts of being with him, that that doesn't put us to shame. It can never put us to shame. Our hopes will never be let down. They will never be dashed because Jesus has poured his Holy Spirit into our hearts. And he promises us, he says, listen, I don't give as the world gives. I don't give with an agenda. I don't give with strings attached. I give of myself selflessly. I pour myself out into you by my spirit, which he's given us. Faith and hope are simply a response to love. Our faith and our hope are simply a response to love, the love that we've seen in Jesus. Love is the thing that brings it all together. 
Love is the thing that ties this entire walk with Jesus together. It's the thing that was at the beginning. And it's the thing that we have right now and that we have to look forward to in the end. He is the, the, the source of that love. And it's eternal and it's infinite. And that is why we can live our lives out of the overflow of a Jesus-trusting life. That's why we don't have to live in fear. Afraid of not having enough, afraid of the dangers and the, the evils of the world around us, but we can live out of love. Compassionately looking and seeing the people around us, even in the midst of utter chaos, like Mother Antonia, who walked into that prison with fires burning and people going crazy. That we can walk into whatever fires that we see in front of us. Whatever mess that we've made of our lives or the people around us have made of their lives, that we can walk into those fires and be with them because Jesus walked into that fire and he is with us. He doesn't leave us on our own. We can be with him and as we are, we live out of the overflow of that life and we are with the people around us. Life with Jesus results in that overflow into our families, into our friends, into our workplaces, our neighborhoods, and our schools. And that overflow can change everything. It can change everything for the people around us. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you that you don't just sit far off, that you're not just this cosmic overseer of the universe but that you are imminent, that you are here. And not only that, not only are you here and present with us, but you pour yourself out into us. Lord Jesus, I, I apologize for the times when I turn to other places to find life and to find hope. Lord, I pray that you would keep my eyes focused on you. You would help me to just be with you not to allow myself to be buried in shame or fear or anger, but that I would live my life standing on the firm foundation of your love, looking forward to that day when everything will be made new and everything will be made right. We'll be with you face to face. I pray these things in your name. Amen.